the best format of advertising has been long created since the beginning of human being. This is a Better Product original series sharing stories of big bets made in product. Did they pay off? Let's find out. When you think of TikTok, what comes to mind? Dancing, singing, lip syncing, viral content, right? Or like those dancing videos where they're singing and then there's like emojis on there or something like that. Or like when there's a whole series of videos where one person has a video and then the other person responds with it. Okay, clearly I am not an avid user of short form video platforms, but I'm definitely familiar with TikTok. And for me, what comes to mind is not what this guest's big bet is all about. Ray Tao is the managing director and global head of product strategy and operations at TikTok. And the big bet they're making is in advertisements. And if you're like me, my assumption is that ads are intrusive. But after this conversation, I'm betting his take on the ad experience may change your opinion. It definitely did mine. Before we go there, how did Ray get here? Take a listen. This new platform is very interesting because um, YouTube is apparently very long, right? You know, five minutes, 10 minutes, even longer. But one of the concepts striking me is because I'm a sports fan, right? I've watched a lot of NBAs. I've watched a lot of like soccer and football, you just name it. But those moments excites you. Doesn't really have to be five minutes long or 10 minutes long. So I just want to enjoy that. That's actually what got me into TikTok at the beginning, because I'm finding myself watching those 15 seconds highlights for those sports events. Right, that kind of saved some time for me and also keep me into the app and always scrolling down to looking for something that just like the same thing. I found experiences really cool. And then I started to dig inside it to see what is the platform about and also how do you actually bring in different kind of a diversified content on the platform and be interesting to a lot of folks just like me, trying to really like, you know, using this app to find some entertainment every single day and to find a laughter maybe or find a highlights. So this becomes the main way for me to consume media. So I get really gradually interesting to this company and then kind of reach out to them. So become a part of the team around really like oh, a year and a half ago. First off, what's fascinating is you, you said YouTube videos are long. And I think, you know, gr- growing up, I think about like TV shows and movies. And I totally agree with you, but it's just funny to think how Things have evolved so much that now we look at, wow, YouTube videos are long. And so we need something shorter. And TikTok was definitely not the first you know, sort of social video platform. There's videos supported by other social networks before, even aside from YouTube. But there's something from, from my perspective on TikTok, even though I'm not an active user, there's something culturally and interaction-wise that TikTok just does differently that sort of hit on something else. But I, I'm curious if you have picked up on anything there that helps distinguish TikTok from other platforms? To be honest, I think there are a lot of like different iterations of video platform or social video platform, as you just mentioned. I think the key kind of a secret sauce we have today is uh, really being authentic because people want to see different things, but they want to see something real, right? Like they don't want to see something that, you know, always being super polished. For example, I really see like how my wife were using uh, other platforms. That picture has to be like a photoshopped uh, for five minutes and then uploaded. So every single thing is super, super polished over there on the internet. But I think TikTok really remains the one place that keep it real, 
you can be really something that you know don't don't have makeup and just you know sing sing your song and you can be really scrappy on these things but it's real it's genuine it's fun for example i think there was a trend on tiktok uh i think represents that really really well it's called like bored house i believe like people just you know using this one to express how different the life is during covid right so they just make random things and there was a one song that you know one of our creator creates just sounds like i'm boy in the house and boy in the house just like kind of a loop of that and then people just pick it up and then walking on something really generic some of the piece that's like oh i'm walking in the kitchen and then some people just showing like oh one month of walking in the house or walking in the home is like this and two months walking in the home is like you know all the bears and then three months walking in the home is like i'm on pajamas every single day right and then it just become really endless like you know this is really kind of a the secret sauce we have like being really genuine and being really authentic to really show kind of the real side of a human being of your life i think that's the part i think help us to stay really like you know here yeah that that actually makes total sense and i i'm i'm a uh, i'm married and i'm a parent as well and we always joke about uh everybody looks like amazing parents on instagram and facebook and and when you have kids you realize like only the best you know, photos and videos make it on those platforms, but you're right on, on TikTok. It does seem now it does seem like you need to be able to dance or sing. And that's what makes me nervous on TikTok. I need to find some something else that I can do that I'm comfortable with on there. But I think on that subject, I think there's almost like this idea. It seems like TikTok uplifts people. You, you said fun and I, I can see that. Whereas there's almost a, a feeling of uh, I'm not good enough. When you go look at a platform that's like really highly polished, you want to put something on there, but how can I compete with that? Whereas TikTok does seem it's the opposite. You watch things, you get uplifted. You you mentioned the you know, board in the house, and then you want to add on to it. So yeah, that, I, I totally see that. Life is not all about you know those chairs and flowers and everything. Just for example, like you're a parents. For having a baby is not only about those like you know shiny moments being parents on other platforms. Maybe it's all about the poops as well sometimes. So the bad moments, right, in the, in the late night. So this happens, we're, we're human. So why don't we just show the human side of the things? So that's basically how we are thinking about to serve our community and to really, really like kind of make sure that everybody find their one of the pieces that they feel connected uh, on the platform. You have a background, you know, you're working, we said with Google Shopping and with, with your role now, what are your main goals that you're trying to do with TikTok now? This is definitely something that I'm thinking about every single day. So my role here, as you just mentioned, that I'm the uh, leader of the product strategy and operations. So my role here is trying to really make sure that, you know, we're providing the cutting edge product to our business partners in this case. So we want to make sure that when they engage with TikTok, number one, they actually embrace our community. As we just said, it's authenticity. It's really the key part, but also for our advertisers and business partners, this is also very important. They need to understand how do we, how do they actually establish their persona on this platform that genuinely attached to our user. So when we design product, this is something that to our hearts. For example, some of the product we design like Top View and some pieces that you may heard of is hashtag challenges that you know brand can engage with us and to really like you know challenge our user to follow their leads, right? So these are all the things that you know we're trying to make sure that when we design a product, our product strategy is attached with our user strategy to make sure that, you know, the platform has a cohesive narrative to really all the audiences we're, we're attaching to. I think this is basically my day to day, but also at the same time that, you know, we're also looking at the future, really like thinking about 
authenticity and user privacy and all those components all come into one place. How can we make sure that, you know, we are being a responsible platform to protect our user and also at the same time to protect our business partners' best interest, to connect them together, to really make sure that in the new era, there won't be any digital violence or digital abusement on the platform to make sure that every single thing here makes total sense and safe for them are super, super important. And the third piece is really like the creator. I think these are the cornerstone uh, for our platform as I mentioned that authenticity and all these kind of realness. So how do we create a product that makes sure that our creators are really like, you know, getting benefits from the platform, from the community, and then to support them really like, you know, building a business with us. That's the other thing that, you know, we're thinking about. So net to net, we're thinking about three components when we're looking at business strategy or product strategy is creators, business partners, and our users. So this is basically the triangle when we building our business for. I'm curious, do you think, I know you weren't there at the, the very beginning of TikTok, but do you think that the, that those three were known from the start or has that emerged? Have you been a part of, of figuring out that, that, that there's three main components or has that always been a part of TikTok? Yeah, I think we are standing on the, the shoulder of giants, to be honest, because a lot of things that, as I said, we learned it from the Southeast Asia success, right? So we learned from there and then we know that since day one, uh, we're going to do something like this. And intentionally, actually, we're putting a lot of the groundwork to make sure that we're able to serve all these partners together on the platform. So if we're looking at the TikTok history in the US, right, since day one, we're already thinking about how can we serve our community in a better way, meaning that bring joy, bring entertainment to them, even for, you know, our kind of a Previously, we called it musically, right? So this is something that you know we used to um, we used to have in the U.S. How do we transform that experiences here into TikTok that uh, people still finding what they love in the community? That's from the user's perspective. Um, on the creator side, it's the same thing. I think creator again is really the backbone of everything we're doing here. So we have to make it work for them so that we are having this community to kind of engage with our user and make sure that the user becomes creators every single day. So it's like a fast growing flying wheel in this case. And then move on to the business part. Actually, since day one, we do have a lot of business engaging uh, engage with us already uh, in a lot of different ways, right? They have their own business accounts on TikTok and they uploading their own read content. For example, we do have clients or partners like NFL and also we do have clients like L'Oreal. These are all the great brands, they want to engage in genuinely with their new audiences. And you can even find that, you know, when they upload something on TikTok, it's 100% different from the other from the other platforms because they want to be different because every single um, generation, they have their own team, they have their own genes to communicate. I think we're looking at that just like that way. But of course, every single big thing has a humble beginning. We're at the very kind of beginning of that. Um, so really, really looking forward to do more in the in the in the market. You mentioned L'Oreal and the NFL, um, and so I'm thinking back. I I started using Twitter, uh, I think, is around 2008. And I remember when ads came around on the platform, and you know, people complained. <laughs> you know, that's usually what happens, right? And I I also think one one of the challenges was that the ads at the time, if I remember correctly, I don't remember when they happened, but I do remember seeing them. I, I thought they're just like the same sort of TV ads. So it was like what people would do on television 
and then we're going to put it on Twitter. And on TV, it's a mass audience. You don't, you can't really target it. But in Twitter, it's just like, why am I seeing an ad for something? And now at least ads have gotten more targeted, but the content of them hasn't always followed suit either. Meaning you might get a targeted ad towards you. That's more relevant. You know, my joke is always, I go on Instagram so I can go find gift ideas for my wife, which I always do. Like it's perfect for that. How do you sort of manage that on the TikTok side with, with these brands using it? Have you, are you also learning from there and helping them create better content or their ads and just as under their accounts? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is basically why we see that, you know, we're different from the other short form video platform, I think in a lot of ways. So number one thing, I think uh, I've been in the ad industry for a while, right? I think in general, uh, people think ads is intrusive. And this is basically that, you know, how we keep the internet open and free, right? People have to really like, you know, you pay what you see in that way. But I think the best advertising experiences is not just like that, to sending something that you don't want to see. The best part should be, you see these pieces is as a part of the information you're, you're getting from this content. So to me that how to serve the best relevant content to the user regardless it's a ads or non-ads is very important. So that's basically what we're doing here. So the way that you know we're achieving this is leveraging our creator communities to connecting with our um, advertiser on the platform to say, hey, why can't you guys work together? It will be something that is very unique to you and also very much of like a kind of a content pieces to demonstrate what you stand for as a, like a new brand on TikTok. So at the beginning, uh, some of the brands may feel a little bit skeptical towards that because it's brand new, right? Nobody has this experience with before, but slowly, slowly you get into it and also really feel that, oh, I get the rhythm of that. A very good example of that is a Chipotle campaign that you know we've been doing for the multiple times. Uh, it's a hashtag challenge campaign. So a good example for that will be like Chipotle in this case. They do have a lot of hashtag challenges campaign has been running with us. So when they're working with us, we just introduce them to connect with creators. Say, hey, these are the storylines and these are the ideas we could have to encourage the user to be a part of these hashtag challenge campaigns. So they just get this idea, they call it flip. And then basically the concept is one creator go to the store and then got a burrito bowl and then flip the cap, right? So this is basically very simple. And then it's just go viral, right? People just want to see, hey, I can do that too. So suddenly everybody's going to Chipotle to buy the burrito bowl. So that's how basically a brand can really engage our user in a very generic way, not only to drive those brand images, but also drive those actions. So that's actually something new to us as well. We didn't realize that until most of the cases just like this. So I would say the best ads is not really like, you know, force people to watch something. It is basically people want to watch it and they see it's very interesting and they want to engage. Um, I think this is basically, um, I think in this new kind of uh, advertising era, we're able to do. So I want to, I actually want to pause on something you said. You mentioned that people had the assumption that ads are intrusive, myself included. You know, I'm, I'm 38. And so, you know, I know the younger generations haven't grown up with TV, like the way that I did, as I mentioned earlier, but, but I did. And so I think you, you just like, you grew up and then TiVo comes out when you fast forward through the ads and then DVR. And it was like, Oh, finally relief from the ad. So I, I definitely can, can understand this idea that they're intrusive. And then on the internet, it is like, Oh, this is just the price we pay to have it. But it seems like 
there's something deeper even preceding what you're working on on it. It was just, it almost seems like there's a belief that you have and that TikTok has that isn't the way ads need to be. They don't actually need to be intrusive. That seems to be really important because I think a lot of people would say, or a lot of businesses, how do we make ads as less painful as we can? Sort of the spoonful of sugar with a bitter tasting medicine. But it seems like you're not actually looking at it that way. You're looking at it as how ads can almost be enriching or just as creative as the content. Am I, does that sort of how you look at it? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think, again, every single, I would say, regardless, like it's advertising or it's like regular content, I treat it as a content because every single piece of that content delivers the information that the people would like to know. So if we were able to get into the right way to serve those content to the right user, this will make sure that they don't really feel intrusive when they see something like this. And also, this is not only talking about those kind of fancy terms like machine learning, advertising, or AI, all those fancy terms. Yes, of course. This is basically how uh, people are getting really like, you know, more related content, right? That's one piece. But the other thing is the content itself. I think every single time when you see the ad, you will still see it's intrusive experiences because it's like basically something that you see everywhere, basically. But for TikTok, we really want to make it happen is the content on the platform is different. Even the advertising on this platform is very different. I think, as I always mentioned to some of my coworkers, that I think my concept is the best format of advertising has been long created since the beginning of human being is basically word of mouth. You can never really kind of uh, argue with it because people trying to see, you know, marketers trying to find, you know, what are the best way to advertise? Uh, we have search, we have display, we have remarketing, blah, blah, everything. But truth be though, the best method should be word of mouth because I trust you and you tell me this is good, I try it. So how can I replicate that on TikTok? This is basically what we're doing because the authenticity is there. So when the creator showing up on the, on, on the platform, when they promote something or when they really see something happens, they tell you very generically, it's like, hey, this is what I see. It's actually working. And you should try it again. I think this is how we feel that advertisement should be in the way that you know it's less painful. It's more of you know your friend, your people you know, give you a piece of advice. And that piece of advice can really make an impact to you make, when you make a decision. So I think that's really how we're thinking about it. That's interesting because I think like, you know, at first I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, Nike has always made great ads for, for decades, right? And so it's not, you're not saying that it's just about that because even you see a great ad, you see it over and over and over again. What you're saying is you're enabling, you know, creators to, to almost advertise on these companies' behalf, but in doing so, they're doing it authentically and it's almost infinitely varied. Uh, they will never, not one thing will be the same. That's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I think Nike is a very good example, right? I think they have great uh, suite of athletes to demonstrate how great, the, um, I would say their product is. But advertising is very interesting. It's a perception that you can be that guy when you see that product, because I wanna have a basketball shoes from Kobe or from Jordan, Air Jordan, right? Because you feel that when you wear it, you become like them. But the truth is we are regular folks, right? Like I'm not Jordan, I'm not Kobe at, at that point. So TikTok just give you that really kind of a, the ground truth that, hey, I'm a regular guy like you. I bought this pair of shoes. I love it. It's Nike, it's great. 
So, oh, I can be just like you. You're like nobody. I'm nobody. Like, that's fine. I'm not trying to be pretending someone that I don't want to, I, I cannot be. So the perception is different change. So I think that's also the reason why Nike loves us too. They, they work with us a lot. I feel like just a matter of time that, you know, we will see a lot of those kind of uh, movements in terms of how can we leveraging regular folks or I would say everyday normal people be a part of the advertising vehicle because yeah, don't get me wrong. All those kind of celebrities, sponsorships, athletes will still be there because they are the star leadership. They are the spirits that, you know, um, these brands are craving for. I think totally fair, but we also need to think about how do we think about the local or daily folks that, you know, we do need to have somebody to show us, I can do it too, rather than, oh, you can do it. Uh, I can, I, I try to be like you. So there are different things going on there. Totally right. I'm a, I'm a huge Nike fan. And when I was a kid, I was a Reebok fan. And I still remember when the uh, Reebok pumps came out. I don't know if anybody remembers these. They had a little pump on the on the shoe you pump up. And I, I literally thought as a kid, I would be able to dunk with those. And it would have been nice to have TikTok that showed me other people like me that definitely couldn't dunk with those shoes on. So I would love to understand a little bit more about how, how you're, you, you've mentioned um, several times that the, the companies you're working with or that the work that you're doing with businesses. I'd like to understand a little bit more about you know how TikTok, because from my perspective, it just looks like a creator platform. And I just think, okay, everybody just uploads videos and then a brand signs up for an account and they upload video. But the way you're talking about it, it sounds like there's a little more to it. Um, I'd love to hear what that what that looks like a little bit more. How this things works is that, you know, we do have different arms of product. Like something I just talked about is like hashtag challenges or something like, you know, a open screen format like called Top View. These are all the things that, you know, brands are heavily engaged with us in terms of how can they do a massive reach to our audiences and also tell very different stories. The secret sauce theory is having the creator be a part of it. So they actually, you know, through us, we're connecting them to, um, there was a platform also owned by us called TikTok Creator Marketplace. So through this marketplace, they're able to connect him with the creator that they would like to work with. And then all these creators working with these companies to creating those ideas and then becomes the ad copy or becomes a piece of content that they want to promote on TikTok. Right. So these are all the things that, you know, happening today. And also in the future, we're also looking for more, I would say, like automated solution to really facilitating these connections even faster and seamless. So that's the, all the things that we're going to be working on through a platform I just mentioned called TikTok Creative Platform Marketplace. Sounds like TikTok, almost like a concierge, like you have a, you know, you, you handle the pass through for, from the creators with the businesses and sort of match, match them together or help them source creators. Yeah, there is basically a very traditional way that we do business in the U.S. at the very beginning of the time. Right now, we do have a platform so that facilitating this kind of automation to basically make sure that all advertisers or all brands at different size can enjoy and also can really embrace the culture on TikTok for really like achieving their business goals uh, on the platform. So that is basically, uh, we call it TikTok for business platform. So that has been launching like, you know, around mid of last year. So we're actually serving a lot of business owners and really probably serving a lot of SMBs today as well in this case. So yeah, we definitely, um, again, last year is basically the year that we slowly, slowly uh, building up everything. And this year that we definitely want to see more how we can really help the community, help the business to kind of uh, get rid of the impact from COVID. So a lot of the movements will be there too, to benefit in the local business and also 
uh, really count any business that they want to engage with newer audiences. And also they want to rebrand themselves on TikTok with a very different persona to a younger generation in this case. So I'm curious, how do you sort of manage that when you're working with businesses and even creators to, maybe it's a dumb question, but I'll just ask like, are there situations where you're like, they're not using TikTok the way I'd really love them to be using it? Or like, do you have a distinct way of describing these are the the ways that things can get created or the ways people engage that are really effective or that really make TikTok shine? Oftentimes, absolutely. I think we're, we're still relatively new in the market, right? I think not every single brand, they do know how to engage with us. Just like how folks starting to use Inks and Instagram, to, oh, this is very different, right? I think we're definitely at that pivoting time to really educate in the market. How do they uh, leveraging us and also how can they be more effective on us? So uh, I think creator is the one of the pieces, but the other part is generically, I would say the brands need to understand what is TikTok today. So I think through a lot of the experiences, I think a lot of the business owners today, uh, they get into TikTok just because they heard of the names. They were not really like directly user. But I think the first recommendation I have would give to them would be just take a week or even a day. I would say like first day you will be like, uh, what is TikTok? And the second day will be, well, it's actually very interesting. And the third day will be, how can I get a really like, how can I stop scrolling? Because I see people that spend hours and hours on that, right? So that's how you get into this and understand what is the platform. And also who are the audience you're talking to? Why you are engaging, um, why they are engaging with this platform? Because you're the, plat- you're the platform user right now, you're the audience, then you get a feeling about this. And then you can work with us now is to see like, okay, I understand who is TikTok. Now help me to understand how can I bring my brands on the platform and showing up very generically to all our users. I wanted that the authenticity is all about us. So I think these are the conversations usually we have with our brands, regardless they're on branding advertising or really on performance goals. They're all having this conversation and question to us. But I think we're ready to help them to really understand how do they embrace this community. Um, I think, of course, the number one goal is being real and being really authentic. And number two will be really like, you know, just test it, just embrace it and see how it works. It doesn't really has to be really kind of a, hey, everything has to be polished, everything has to be kind of a fully done. You can be scrappy on the platform and then just learn it and grow with this platform, just like how you grow with the other platform as well. I think we are really different from the other ones is that we are very much of a kind of a, a Lego ground. You can do whatever you want to do. It won't break us, but it will help you to understand how to work with us. Yeah. Getting back to the three you know, types of people you, you serve, you serve businesses, your creators, and the end user, you know, like myself, right? So the person scrolling through TikTok, do you have any concerns as you sort of embark on this more ad-based model on disrupting the user experience? And what do you do to sort of mitigate that? Are you talking to users? Are you understanding where the limits are? Yeah, I think uh, there are qualitative ways and quantitative ways we're looking at it. So the number one thing I think we agreed on is, first of all, this community has to be the core of the value. So everything we're doing here is to protect the user experiences on site. That's number one ground rule uh, when we design any product. And the second part is when we're looking at different metrics, we're actually making sure that, you know, the ads is have having kind of a less inclusive experiences for user. 
So the way to look at it is basically we're creating some metrics in the backend to track how does the user behavior changes if there was an ads in the between or if you were serving ads to make sure that you know the user didn't really see a kind of interactive uh, experiences on the platform. And then if we do see the metrics changes, of course we were tuning this. And the fundamental part again is back to the audience part is how can we make sure that our advertisers or the brands are showing up very organically so that you know the user won't feel it's in ads. I think some of the comments I see really interesting and inspire me every single day is, I think there was a one advertisement on the platform is sponsored by uh, one of the shoe brand. And one of the comments is that I didn't really think about this is a piece of ads until I watched to the end. And that end means that he spent almost 45 seconds on this content, right? So literally people feel this is a, a piece of content that generated by user and then they want to watch it because it's engaging, it's fun. So can you imagine that happens on TV? Like, no, nobody will just feel like, like this is another piece of ads because you're watching something, that's the content. And basically advertisement is basically standing in between. Sometimes though, that same effect can go the negative way where you watch something and then you get to the end like, oh, this was just an ad. So there's that reveal, that magic reveal can go both ways. I, I wonder why it, it you know, goes that way you know, on TikTok. Maybe, maybe it's just, you don't feel like you were tricked in, into something, into watching something. Well, I think people like these experiences, right? Because if you feel it's interesting to you, I think, oh, it's an ad. I think it's not disappointing. It's more about, wow, it's an ad in this case. I think these are the ways that we're seeing people getting more engaged with these ads because they feel like it's less intrusive. Just as we talked about, um, if this content piece is genuinely bringing you joy and bring you something that really informational and you won't feel that you're getting kind of a forced or something, it is because that you know, you're know you getting utility from this piece of content. So when we're looking at, again, content business or in general, how do we make sure that you know we're providing value to users? It's because that we're showing them what they want to see. And regardless, the content is advertised driven or really business driven, or it's a piece of you know user-generated content. So that's really the concept I think we can really like discuss more in terms of how can we make the ads less intrusive, but also deliver the value to both user and our business owners. What you just described, like who's sort of role is it to make sure that what you end up doing with businesses doesn't disrupt uh, anything or that it's sort of on the, the culture that TikTok you know, is trying to espouse? We have, a, we have a team called the user experience PM team. So the user experience product basically is the core team that monitoring all the metrics we just talked about. So their job is to name, number one, make sure that you know our advertisement is not intrusive to our user, meaning by the metrics, we're not seeing that user leave the platform because if you don't see something you like, you will leave, right? So these are the metrics that we're tracking to make sure that users are still engaging and our business are not really being intrusive to them. And then on the flip side is um, besides these metrics, we're also testing different kinds of concepts into, hey, can we show ads like this way or like the other way that you know it will be like less intrusive to them or it will be really like, you know, making a business sense, but also um, if it's really making less user sense, we just get rid of it. So these are like experiments every single day we're running to make sure that, you know, the platform is now getting kind of a dump with um, advertisement. Just like there was always a case that, you know, you can go extreme, right? Because um, some, yeah, a lot of, lot of ads, there was a ton of, ton of ads on other platforms today. Um, but 
again, I think I do admire some of their tactics as well because they're looking at similar situation. They don't want intrusive user experiences. Yeah. I, I'm curious. So at some point, you know, somebody may have decided, okay, what, what would it look like if you actually just paid a monthly fee? So it's a content company. So why not charge like we were Netflix or or something like that? Why ads to begin with? Have you have you do you all discuss at the core, you know, what the ways of monetizing? Yeah, uh, very good question. I think apparently like advertise, advertising is uh, the natural answer to a lot of these because you have the scale, you have the eyeballs, and then naturally you're thinking about advertising, right? I think that's a very natural progression in terms of a platform with massive users become a advertising platform or vehicle that to benefit the user. Um, so I think when we think about the business, number one goal is, are we doing the right thing for our user? Meaning that, as I said, I treat content as a piece of information, regardless it's commercial or user, right? So this is basically the fundamental rules we're, we're sticking with. So even though it's advertising business model, we're still serve the purpose of generating interesting content for the user so that they don't feel that it's intrusive. That's the bottom line we're heading into. The other components we're thinking about is to an earlier point, like why can't we just do Netflix model? These are all the things that you know people are thinking about. And also number one, it has to make economic sense for us. And number two, we are actually, you know, uh, thinking a lot of things just like that to help the, I would say the platform to be more, I would say, monetizable in a way, right? Some of the things that you have seen on, um, you know, live streaming, people talking about every single day. I think Walmart has been working with us. I think it's not a piece of advertisement at all, but it's the basic and new generic ways that we are really benefiting the business and also taking some of the benefits as well in this case. So there are different ways that we're monetizing the platform but it takes on different stages of the platform as well. So maybe today, easier way is flipping on the advertising model. Very candidly speaking, that's the, the natural progression, but later on, different business model will be kind of a born into this case. For example, I think Google was a really good case that you know they monetize majorities through ads, but they're using that money to fuel their innovation, to try different things. All those things are really like, you know, fueled by these advertising dollars, right? I think. We're doing the same thing. Like we're using the first batch of our game to fuel really the future growth of the platform to develop different business models. And eventually, who knows? We can be really that fifth model, or we could be some other models. I think there will be a lot of new things that we need to answer or explore. Right. I'm even thinking, okay, well, if if you just did something simple and say paywalled it and say you make it a monthly service, well, it goes against, you've mentioned community, you know, probably a dozen times, which seems to be like a core value of what you're trying to do. You lock out part of the community, which means you lock out, you know, particular users. You also lock out a particular type of content creator, but you've made a democratized sort of platform for all to generate content because of that. So yeah, it's economic sense. It also seems that you make trade-offs no matter which way you go, but it does seem like ads is the least intrusive. And then you've kind of built this model to make sure that you're helping shepherd businesses onto it in a way that doesn't disrupt you know, the user experience and, and, and your core values. Yeah, exactly. I think we still believe that beautiful all is something we want to do. It's not only for Gen Z, it's not only for uh, really a type of person, it's actually for everybody to be a part of it and also really to embrace the, the unfiltered content. I think everybody loves filters, but somehow, again, like I said, life is not only about flowers and cheers. It's about some other colors as well. So just embrace it. Follow the series by joining us at betterproduct.community.